0: The word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing. So let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message.
1: I'm gonna to talk to you today about battling fear. And uh, you know, it seems like today, people are scared of everything. Uh, there's a lot of fear going around. There's a lot of fear being promoted. There's a lot of there's a lot of it being uh, taken advantage of from people uh, uh, to uh, to get to, to get them to man- to manipulate them to do what they want to get their finances from them. All kinds of things. And uh, so I want to talk to you about about battling that and just basically bring out some points on it. I don't have this big thing to tell you that's going to uh, solve all your problems, but I just want just to just to give us some thought. And so I'm going to read from uh, Psalms and from 2 Timothy today. In Psalms uh, 46, from the message, it says, God is a safe place to hide, ready to help when we need him. We stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom, courageous in sea storm and earthquake, before the rush and roar of oceans, the tremors that shift mountains. Jacob, wrestling God, fights for us, the God of angel armies protects us. And 2 Timothy, Chapter one. It says Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing. I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you now, in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence here, God. We thank you for your word. We just welcome you in this place, and we ask your blessing upon this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So with fear, have you have you ever just been afraid of something for no reason? Uh, you, you wake up in the middle of the night, and you didn't hear a bump or anything. You didn't hear a noise. You didn't see a weird light. But for some reason, just fear is in the room. You can just feel it. And uh, you don't know why you can't sleep. You don't know why you're... Or maybe something's happening at work, and... Uh, it's something that maybe you should be concerned over or have a little bit of stress maybe, but for some reason it goes beyond that. And it seems like there's a spirit of fear that's uh, that's attacking uh, the church and attacking people uh, left and right. People are battling from anxiety more and more than ever. And uh, it's it. we have this thing, we want to be bold Christians. We want to be like that man and woman of God who have all those amazing testimony stories. Uh, I love hearing different ones from uh, Lester Summerall, and uh, uh, there's a story, I think it's, uh, I believe it was Dick Joyce, that um, the enemy was just bothering him, and we would all like to have the courage to do things like this, but the enemy was just coming against him, and he realized it was an attack, and not something that he should be struggling with, so he he started doing this, I think, as a normal thing, when, this, when things would come against him to discourage him. He put two chairs in his living room, and he sits down in one chair, and then he says, Devil, sit down. I'm getting ready to worship God, and you're going to watch me do it. And he said it would just lift and leave him when he would, when he would do that. And uh, because we have to re- realize there's an enemy out there that's coming against us when these things are plaguing us, when these, when these things are there. And I don't like giving the devil credit for anything, and I don't think we should be focused on him. We should be father-focused. But at the same time, we have to realize that He's real. But for most of us, you're probably more like me. When those situations happen, you want to operate in boldness. But a lot of times it's hard to deal with fear and we give place to it. Uh, years ago, when, uh, dad and myself were doing exterminating work, I had to, uh, I, when you go and do work in people's houses, you see a lot of crazy things, uh, a lot of strange stuff. And uh, this was one of my strangest things that ever happened. It's probably in my top 10. I'm not going to say it's number one, but it's up there. And uh, not nastiest, strangest, because you see some nasty stuff, too, when you're doing exterminating. Uh, But I go to this house, and it's in Spring Lake. And I don't know what was going on in Spring Lake at this time, but it it seemed like I was going to a lot of strange houses there. And uh, this was way before I ever thought I was going to be a preacher. Of course, they probably still might have done the same thing, even if I was a preacher. I get to this house, and I'm going up to knock on the door, and the, uh, the numbers for the house are dragons. And I'm like, this is, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen, but maybe they just like dragons. Maybe they're into some kind of weird one of them uh, computer games or something. So I go, and there's no doorbell, so I open up the screen door, and there's, there's a big sign on the front door, and it says, moon goddess worshiper. And so now I'm thinking, these people are probably weird. They're probably, it's probably some, or it's some young person that's trying to appear, you know, just to do crazy things to aggravate neighbors maybe, I don't know. And so I knock on the door. This nice lady opens the door, looks normal enough, other than she's wearing a shirt that basically says I'm a witch. It has this big black cat on it. And uh, so I know, you know, I know she can see I'm staring at her shirt, And uh, I don't know what my face facial expression may have been which is usually not much but at this this time it probably was (laughs) and uh, So uh, she says oh come on in and this nice little sweet school teacher voice So I go in and when she we go in she shuts the door There's no lights on in her house. All the curtains are drawn incense is burning and she's watching some movies and and Behind her on the, at the kitchen is this big sign and it says rules of the tavern. So that kind of creeps me out. And I turn around when she's shutting the door on the back of the door, it says, are you a good witch or a bad witch? And I'm like, this lady's hardcore. So I'm getting fear setting in a little bit. And I look above the door and there's a broom. It's about this long, about a two and a half foot long broom nailed to the wall above the door. I'm thinking, that's got to be a curse. I'm, no, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but that can't be good. And so, you know, uh, I'm having conversation with her, and I'm having a different conversation in my head. And um, I'm, I'm saying what all of you would have said. I'm, any, any blood-bought, spirit-filled believer would say. I'm saying, how am I going to get out of this place, and how quickly can I do it? And so uh, I say, "Hey, I need to go to my truck for a minute." <laughs> so I go to the truck. I call my dad, and this was uh, this was this would have been back uh, flip phones. So I flip the phone out and calling dad on that old flip phone. I'm like, "Dad, you won't believe what's going on in this place." And I tell him the same thing I just told you. And uh, m- my dad, you know, he's been saved a long time. He's uh, he's a pretty brave guy. And uh, he said, I'm needing advice. I need him to help me out because I'm scared. <laughs> and uh, everything, he, he said, She's got what? A broom? I said, Yeah, a broom. I said, You know how, like, when you get a new place, to, uh, when you buy a new house or you move in a new place and you, you have some people, uh, some of the relatives come over or the pastor come over and you, and you pray and dedicate your house to the Lord and you anoint the doors and windows? And I said, She's done that. Just, she's done it to, I guess, the devil or something. She's got a broom there, Dad. He says, all right, just leave. I said, dad, I can't just leave. She's called me here to do a service. She's got bugs. I got to do this service. And he said, yes, you can just leave. Don't go back in. Don't go back in the house. And so I said, dad, I got to go back in the house. That wouldn't be right. And then all of a sudden he gets this like, uh, my dad's pretty expressionless like me. So he gets this sound in his voice and he say, oh my goodness, that lady, when she called, she asked for you by name. So instead of him trying to make me feel better, I'm sitting here wondering, did somebody tell her you need to call and ask for Aaron? Or is this some kind of weird witch power and I'm, I'm caught up in this big, you know what fear does to you? I'm thinking that at best she's going to put a spell on me. At worst, I'm dead. I'm, she's going to kill me. And dad said, she, she, he said, don't go back in that house. Just leave. He said, oh, I got it. I know what we'll do. You just tell her something come up. No, just leave. I'll call her. I'll tell her something come up. And we had another guy that was working with us named Stephen. He said, we'll send Stephen out there. He was going to let Stephen get sacrificed in this whatever ritual was about to happen. I said, Dad, I can't do that. I I thought a second. I said, you know, Stephen had not been working with us that long. He says he's a believer, but I don't really know about his walk with the Lord. I said, I can't send somebody and I said, "This, this, this lady's legit. I can't send somebody into this house." And, I, and about time I said that, I had this thought in my mind, and it was like, uh, "You shouldn't be afraid of her. She should be afraid of you." So I decided to go with that thought because all the other thoughts were not working for me. And so I told my dad, "I said, now nah, I'm going to go back in. It'll be all right." And uh, well, he said, "Well, you call me as soon as you get out of that house." And uh, I said, okay, so I I'm, I'll go back in the house and the whole way up, walking up the driveway, I'm trying to build myself up. I'm like, all right, she should be scared of me. She should be scared of me, but I'm really scared. And uh, Lord, you gotta protect me. Don't let any of these weird broom curses, whatever's going on here. So I, I walk back in the house now and she's still just as friendly as she can be. And uh, I, I, I gotta look around because she's got, she's got roaches. And they're all in the house, every room. Somebody had brought them in and she's upset about it. So I've got to look through all her stuff, everything. And so I'm, I said, maybe I'll feel better if I just kind of see what's going on. So I said, well, I'm gonna look around a minute. So I walked to the living room. She's got a curio cabinet. It's full of witchcraft artifacts, weird stuff, broken glass, little doll trinket things and things that are not, not decorative things. They all had a purpose. And so I'm like, oh, man. So I go and I said, yeah, maybe the kitchen safe. I walk by the kitchen table. Every one of her placemat, uh, is that, what do you call them, at the, where you're going to sit down and eat at? The little mat things, the placemats? This was the middle of summer. It looked like Halloween. Every one of them was moon, stars, and witchcraft signs from where you're going to sit down and eat. So there's a little, her little junk drawer right there. Everybody's got a junk drawer somewhere in their house. I opened up that junk drawer and like I said, this was flip phone time. So you didn't order everything on your phone. Catalogs of witchcraft, just like you, whatever your favorite hobby is, you would look and order stuff, uh, call the number and order. It was all witchcraft, like it was like that thick. And I'm like, this, this is, I've never seen anything like it. I walk in the kitchen and I notice that on every single cabinet is a little broom about this big hanging. Every cabinet door. The refrigerator door. I look down the hallway and that broomstick, is. there's one nailed over every bedroom door in the house. And so I'm thinking, this didn't work as far as making me feel better, so the best thing I can do is get done as quickly as possible and get out of here. And probably go home and take a shower. So I was like, well, she's in the living room, let me get as far away from her as I can, I'll start in the kitchen. Well, I get down and I'm trying to get everything going and all of a sudden a stinking cat jumps out and scares me half to death. I should have known that any decent witch is gonna have a cat, but I didn't think about it. (laughs) And now this cat will not leave me alone. He's all over the place and so I get preoccupied with the cat. I fail to realize that the lady has left the living room and walked in the kitchen to see what I'm doing. So I turn around and I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) all but screaming her face. She's nothing but nice. And so now I'm I'm like, all right, I can do this. I calm down, pet cat, start doing what I need to do. And uh, everything's going good. She's actually watching a normal movie. It wasn't The Exorcist or anything. It was just a normal movie. And uh, so now I got to go in the bedroom. I go in the bedroom, the master bedroom, and I go in the closet. And everything is going good. I'm looking up high until I look down and she's got a. Row of voodoo dolls, and I'm like, man, what is th- this? She's she's like very well rounded in her craft, and uh, or some kind of witchcraft dolls, whatever it was. And so now they're creeping me out. So I leave that bathrooms decorated witchcraft. I go into the laundry room. Laundry room's got to be safe. Well, the laundry room, They were uh, her and her boyfriend were, I guess he was a warlock, I don't know, because he was in there, he, uh, he, he wasn't there, his stuff was in there, and he was in the process of building some kind of a satanic staff. <laughs> and it was this wooden staff that they had taken one of those things where you burn in the wood, and he had burnt all these different symbols in this thing, and on top of it was a big giant ball with a pentagram in it. And so, uh, I, I, so this whole time, just imagine, its probably in there about 45 minutes, how long I was in there. And uh, I, I was battling fear. Now, I wasn't always losing, but I'd say probably a good 39 minutes of that I was losing. And I, I just kept thinking, Lord, you know, I, 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 didn't, I couldn't understand why I was so scared. And I, even though she was definitely into witchcraft, how is that any different than what other people are into as far as to God? It's no big deal to him. But to me, fear was playing uh, tricks on my mind. And so uh, I leave and she's just as nice as she can be and she thanks me and I have to go back two weeks later. I go back this time, the lights are on and she's not watching movies and it looks a lot more normal. Pet the cat, do what I need to do. And I have to go back again one more time. This time when I go back, she is so happy because I've killed so many bugs that uh, she's got all the windows open and she's got her friends over and they're helping her clean the whole house from one end to the other to get rid of all the dead bugs because she's finally bug free and feels like she can do something. And uh, I noticed this lady in their kitchen and she's just giving me this weird look. So I walk over to that lady and I was like, wait a minute, you look familiar, I know you. And then it hit me and I said, hey, you, I gave her her address. I said, you live at so-and-so address. And she said, yep, that's right. She said, I called my friend and told her uh, after you were at my house that she had to call and ask for air and so I found out why she knew my name and uh, What was weird about it is that this lady my dad had actually uh, He rode with me that day when when I treated that house because I had a lot going on and she lived in Spring Lake too I don't know what was going on with Spring Lake and witches at that time because we've been to a I've been to a lot of witches houses uh, over the years there's more than you think and uh Uh, when I was at her house, there was nothing crazy there. But when we left, we were pulling out, I looked over at my dad, I said, "Uh, did you have any weird feeling in that house? And he said, no, why? I said, because I'm pretty sure that lady's a witch. And uh, he said, why, did you see something when you were, look, because we had to look through all her stuff too. I said, no, I didn't see anything, but something about the way she carried herself and, and just, I'm pretty sure she's into witchcraft. And so obviously she was when this is her best friend And, uh, and what's funny is you go into one situation, both situations were houses that were practicing witchcraft. One was a little more obvious than the other, but really the obvious doesn't matter was the same spirit that was involved and you go into one place and everything seems fine and you go in another place and the spirit of fear just jumps all over you. See, the spirit of fear tries to intimidate. It tries to get you. It starts to make you do crazy things and think outside of what's, what's normal. And so here's what's happening in this, in this, uh, um, in this letter, Paul was writing this during his final imprisonment and think of the situation he's in. He's spending his days in this cold, dark, damp dungeon, you know, just imagine what fear could be doing to him, the place that he's in, but yet he takes the time at the beginning of his letter to reassure Timothy to encourage him, to build him up, uh, to talking to him about his, uh, concerning his youthful appearance. And he tells him to, en- to endure hardness. This guy's in prison and he's telling him to endure hardness. And so because of all these issues that, that Paul's encouraging Timothy about, we know the difference is, is that even though Paul's in a m- probably a much worse situation, Timothy's the one who's battling fear from his circumstances. See, always it's not always the people in the worst conditions that's battling fear the greatest. Sometimes it can be small things, but the spirit of fear gets involved and it changes everything. And so Paul lets him know, and I'm letting you know today that fear is not from God. He tells him it's not from God. Now Paul's not talking about fear from the aspect of common sense to not do something that could harm us, or knowing that you know something about concern or caution not to do anything crazy. He's talking about. A negative spirit of fear or a phobia. He's talking about the same thing that I was battling at that lady's house. And Paul lets Timothy know that fear is a spirit and that God did not send it. And fear is a devastating thing. It causes confusion, it causes frustration, it causes uh, mental sickness, it causes physical sickness, it causes all kinds of things. The Bible tells us that there's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. Fear torments people. And people can have fear for for many things. People can be, they're they're afraid of doing without. They're afraid of being alone. They're afraid of being left behind. They're afraid of of dying. They're afraid of the past. They're afraid, people, they're afraid of the past. They just can't get over things that uh, maybe past hurts, failures, or even things that were done to them. People fear the future. They're afraid of what tomorrow holds. They're afraid of growing old. They're afraid of facing death but our hope is in Christ. We're not supposed to be that way. We don't have to put up with the spirit of fear. Some people, most people fear man. uh, man. The fear of man is a very dangerous thing. It's one of the biggest fears that keeps people from accepting Jesus. It's one of the biggest fears that keeps Christians from being all that God wants us to be. We're afraid of what somebody might say. We're afraid about what somebody might think. There isn't a person in here that can say that they've never been affected by fear. Every one of us, we've all been afraid. Fears come against all of us, and it will make you do some crazy things. I was uh, reading a book by a famous preacher, and, and uh, he, was, he had heard all the stories of the great men and women like we all have about different things they encountered on, on the road doing the work of the Lord. And, and so he was having a very successful ministry. He, deci- he decided in his mind that it was just a matter of time before the enemy came against him. So he was looking for it you got to be careful what you're looking for because that's usually what you're going to find <laughs> and uh, that's why we need to keep our focus on the father and be lo- and looking for his blessings instead of always looking for attacks from the enemy we need to be ready for those attacks but we're not looking for them and so he was looking he just said it's a matter of time before the enemy's going to come against me just like he has this mentor and that mentor that i have and so he's he's uh, doing an evangelistic work and uh, he's staying with a couple at their home and he goes to bed that night, and he's laying down, going to sleep, and and he thinks he's operating in boldness because you know he's looking for this attack, and he he looks over, and a, a demonic figure is in the room, and so he just starts praying. And then uh, the praying's not working. He starts rebuking. The rebuking's not working. He starts declaring. The declaring's not working, and he's saying, Lord, you know, I got to get my rest. I got to preach tomorrow. I got all this going on. And the enemy, he's here to get me because I'm doing your work and because I'm doing such a good job. The enemy's in here bothering me. And, you know, he's going through all of it, and he prays all night long. Now, uh, to my knowledge, this man's not gifted, Uh, his gift isn't prayer. He's actually known for being gifted in boldness and faith. (laughs) But, uh, but, if you're not gifted in prayer, it's not easy to stay up and pray all night unless you're really scared or really bothered about something. You know, have you ever been doing that? you were really going to I'm going to do this prayer. Before you know it, you wake up like five hours later. Yeah. So he prays all night long. And then when the sun starts coming up, he realizes that he's been rebuking a coat rack all night. That was in the corner of the room. Now he's exhausted and he's got to preach. He thought he was operating in boldness, but he was really operating out of fear. If he wasn't afraid, he probably would have just got up and turned the light on and seen what was going on. But, but it's, it's amazing what fear will do to you. Even someone that's full of boldness. I, I, I would wish I had the kind of boldness that this guy has that I'm talking about. I'm not even going to tell you who it is, but he's got unbelievable boldness. But, it, but when fear comes along, things change. And it's linked to all kinds of stuff. Fear's linked to Forgetfulness. When fear comes upon us, we start to place too much of our focus on our problems and we forget who we have on our side. God is our strength. He's our refuge and he's our hope. In 1 Kings 19, we can see Elijah. Verse four, it says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Now, this is the same Elijah that just challenged all the prophets of Baal, called down fire from heaven, told Ahab it was going to rain before there was even a cloud in the sky, outruns a chariot, and now all of that's gone because of fear. Fear has gotten a hold of him, and he's forgotten about all the things that God has done because he's been threatened by Jezebel. All of his boldness is gone just because of fear. See, when when you're obsessed with fear, then you have forgotten about God. You've forgotten about uh, all the amazing things that God does and has done. Psalms 103 verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. But fear will cause you to forget. We don't need to allow fear to cause us to forget anything that God has done. Have you ever had fear come upon you in something that seems simple, now you just can't even do it? You, get, maybe you see people, they get up in front of others and then they can't remember what they were gonna say. They get, they get nervous, they get scared. Um, when I was in uh, eighth grade playing basketball. Now, it may have been ninth grade, I think it was eighth grade, but um, I, was one of, I was kind of a weird kid. Uh, one class, I wouldn't talk to anybody. The next cat class, I'm getting thrown out and put in in-school suspension for talking too much. It was, it was weird. I don't know why I was that way, but I just was. I guess I needed to take breaks during the day. I couldn't talk all day long. I took a rest (laughs) in some classes. But so now I just got missed basketball practice uh, one day the week before because I was in detention for talking and the coach wasn't happy about it. And so now at this practice, we're running defense and uh, I was just a bench warmer. I barely ever got in. I don't know why he was so upset, but he was. He was a preacher. Maybe that's what was wrong with him. (laughs) Um, So I don't call screen. The guy gets picked off and they're getting an easy shot and he stops the whole practice and he says, hey, you got to call screen on that. And I'm thinking, but why? I'm just going to sit at the bench. I'm not going to need to call screen from the bench, am I? But he says, no, you got to call screen. And I just say, "Okay." He says, no, I want you to do it now. I was perfectly fine until he said that. When he said that, something happened in my vocal cords that I cannot explain. (laughs) The word screen was just not gonna happen. I said, okay, coach. He's like, no, I wanna hear it now. Now the whole team's looking at me. I've known these guys. I go to school with these guys. It's not a problem. I talk trash with these guys. And uh, I'm still looking and he's got this look, everybody's facing me and all I gotta do is yell a one syllable word. Scream. I tried three times. (laughs) After the third time he felt sorry for me because it kept going. (laughs) And it wasn't from puberty and my voice wasn't changing. (laughs) It was fear. For some reason, I couldn't say one word. And now i Heather can't get me to stop talking, but fear will keep you from doing things that normally would not be a hard task. It's linked to stuff. It changes everything. And one of the reasons that is is because fear is also linked to failure. There are a lot of people that have never done anything for the kingdom of God and many people that will never do anything for the kingdom of God for one reason. They're afraid to fail. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid if they try and it doesn't work, they don't the same thing. They're worried about what somebody will think or what somebody will say. It's kind of like, uh, have you ever tried to play a game with a kid? And if they think they're going to lose, the first thing they do, they quit. They will not finish the game. It, it um, games didn't last that long at the house when my kids were younger because they learned real quick. I'm not going to let you win at anything. I like to win too much to do that. So, you know, you're playing hide and go seek and they're, you know, they peek their head around the corner and see you laughing because you knew where they were at the whole time. They don't even run for base. They say, I quit. Or they're they're counting they look for five seconds and they say where are you at and then you won't tell them the next thing you know 30 minutes later if you're like me and hardcore on them you come out and they're over there with their arms folded you go to base I'm not chasing you I quit they don't want to fail they don't want to take the chance it's funny when that's a kid it's not funny when you're 45 we should understand that failure is part of the process we don't have to be afraid of it. Nobody wants to fail. But the Bible is full of examples of people that were able to to not worry about failure. And they were able to step out on faith and not be bound by fear. And guess what? There was no guarantee of success for any of them. They all had to deal with the same things that we deal with. And, and when they would step out in faith and not give to fear, that's when the miraculous would happen. That's when God would show up. That's when the extraordinary would happen and a, and a shepherd boy can defeat a, a giant warrior. That's when unbelievable supernatural things would happen and there's a fourth man walking in the, in the fire and with, with three boys and nobody gets burned. That's when God shows up and sends an angel into a lion's den. When we step out and we don't worry about the fear of failure. Another thing that fear is linked to is human frailties. Now... Not only can fear um, at times cause us mental sickness and physical sickness, but it just seems like this horrible spirit likes to attack people when they're already in a time of sickness or weakness and just come against you, right? When you've, you've already had everything you can take physically is when fear likes to show up and it starts to plague us with thoughts like, what if I get worse and I don't get better? What if things aren't gonna change? What if, what if this isn't a pulled muscle? What if I'm having a heart attack? What if, what if, why do I keep having these headaches? What if they're not headaches? What if it's an aneurysm? What if it's a, what if I'm having a stroke? What if it, all these different thoughts. What, if something happens to me, who's gonna take care of my kids? What's gonna to happen to my wife? What is everyone gonna be all right? Who's gonna feed my dog? Whatever, you just get into this the whole thing. It keeps on going and going and going. And the same thing happens, to, unfortunately, to a lot of people when they get older in age. They start to worry about things. And, and, and Psalm 71, verse 9 says, Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. Fear attacking people as they get older in age has been around a long time. We even see it here in the Psalms. And, and, and it's, it's horrible. It's, sometimes it can be comical when someone's worried about something they shouldn't be worried about. And you're always like... Grandma or grandpa, don't, you don't need to worry about that. I'd have to have some of those talks with my grandpa from every now and then. Every now and then he would get worked up about something. But uh, um, he, get, he would get worked up if you brought him the wrong peanut butter. <laughs> he called me at 10 o'clock at night to bring him peanut butter because unfortunately my grandma had bought the cheap brand and didn't get the right peanut butter. He called me at 1130 at night for Tylenol. I brought him some Tylenol. He had taken them. And then when he saw on the the, uh, bottle that it was just the store brand acetaminophen, (laughs) he gave me this look and he said, did you just give me that? I said, yeah, I wanted Tylenol. I had such as that in my cabinet in the kitchen. When he started talking like that and didn't, didn't use normal English, you knew he was upset. He, he worried about stuff. He was fearful about things. He wanted just name brand stuff. When, when he was younger, he wouldn't even go to the doctor. He would just pray over it and go on. I saw him when he broke his hand one time, and uh, I said, are you going to go to the doctor? He said, no, I already prayed over it. And he's eating dinner. His hand was swollen all up where he had hit it. But when he got older, it changed because fear comes in. My dad and I, we, got a, we did, had a lot of interesting stuff with exterminating. We got called to this house one time. Uh, we'd been doing work for him, it was a farmhouse. And he was taking care of his uh, elderly mother. And uh, some dogs had come up, they had a lot of animals, but some stray dogs had come up and basically gave fleas to everything. And unfortunately, when fleas get bad in the house, babies and older people were the first two to get eaten alive because of the soft skin and so they're they're just working his mom over and so i we get there and i told my dad to come with me because i knew i was probably going to need his help we're there and they didn't have anything ready like they were supposed to they didn't follow any of the instructions and uh, so i'm in the other room with him and my dad's in the room with the mom and i'm talking to him and his wife and i say hey, look y'all didn't do anything we told you to do we're going to do our best to get rid of this problem for you because we don't, we don't like her getting bit either, but I need you to get her out of this house. She's got to be gone four hours. Don't come back sooner than four hours. I'll lock the door. Uh, we're, need, we're going to have to move some of your stuff around. We'll go through the whole thing. And In the meantime, she calls my dad over. She says, hey, come here. And she says, uh, you hear them talking in there? And he said, yeah. She says, they're talking about me. And he said, yeah. She says, they're going to kill me. And he's like, no, they're not. they're not talking about killing you. She said, yes, they are. They're going to kill me. And uh, he said, no, he tells her, she says, we're here because these fleas are biting you. She says, no, they're going to try and get me out of here and kill me. She just wouldn't drop it. And so he tries to tell her, he says, no, you're going to have to leave for a little while, but they're going to bring you back. She said, they won't ever bring me back. And so I come in the room now with the son, and she just, I could notice she looked a little worried. And uh, when we're walking in the room, she nudges my dad and gives him the whole, shh, don't say nothing. And so uh, they're loading her up in the car, and she keeps looking back at the house at my dad, giving him this, like, puppy dog look. And uh, when they're leaving, my dad says, that poor lady is scared to death. And he tells me what's going on. And all it was was a spirit of fear taking advantage of someone in a weakened state. And... That's what the spirit of fear does to all of us. And that's why we need to do like Paul did with Timothy and encourage one another. When we see someone that's battling that, remind them of who they are in Christ. Remind them of the heritage they, that they have. I don't care if you're the first person to ever be saved in your family. You've got an unbelievable heritage because you're part of the family of God. There are gifts inside of you that you can stir up at any moment to handle anything that the enemy throws against you because God's got you prepared. And we need to remember that. See, the good news is that even though we're all going to have to battle fear in our lives, God has given us gifts to overcome that fear. And it's the same ones that Paul told Timothy about. The first gift is power. Acts 1 and 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. God has provided all the power we will need with the infilling power and the anointing of Holy Spirit. The next gift is love. I already read it earlier, but 1 John 4, 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. See, love begins with our love. Well, it begins with His love for us. And then our love for Him and our love, and then that extends to our love for others. Don't ever underestimate the power that you've been given and the gift of love that you've been given. And the last gift is a sound mind. So it all comes from 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you don't know what to pray or what to declare every day, just declare that over yourself. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. See, see what happens is much of our fear is not even based upon reality. Most of the things we're afraid of never happen. Most of us have a little routine we go through every night, locking up, setting alarms, getting the gun out, whatever you gotta do, every night. But everybody's here, nothing bad happened last night that I know of to to anyone. We're worried about things that usually never happen. Now, um, I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. And Michael Jordan in his Hall of Fame speech, uh, he was up there joking about how he might come back and play in his 50s and uh the people started laughing and he stopped them he says oh don't laugh limits like fears are often just an illusion and that's one of the most important things we can remember when the spirit of fear is coming everything i was afraid of at that lady's house that day none of it happened thank god none of it happened (laughs) one man said that fear is false evidence that appears to be real Oh, it seemed real when I was in the middle of it. Whatever you're in the middle of today, I know it seems real. But just think about what you were afraid of five years ago or ten years ago. Did it happen? Sometimes things happen. We're going to go through different things, but most of the stuff that that causes us to to have anxiety and fear, it it doesn't even happen. It never even takes place. So you can overcome fear in your life. You can overcome it. We need to remember the promise of Jesus in John 16:33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There are a lot of things that we're going to have to face, and there are a lot of things in this life that can be fearful, that the spirit of fear can use to come against us if we allow it to. So when you think about it, death can be scary. Even when you know you're going to heaven, death can still be scary. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit it. Some people, say that some people, act like they want to die. I don't want to die. You know, I, I want, I want to, I want to be in the rapture. That's what I would like. That would be nice. But embarrassment, it can be. You can that can be fearful. People call you out in front of someone like the coach or whoever. Maybe sometimes a preacher. Have you ever been embarrassed by a preacher calling you out? That can be embarrassing sometimes. It can be fearful when you see all those eyes on you. Not fitting in. Not getting the approval of other people. Not getting that, uh, that pat on the back that maybe you were after. It can, be, it can be overwhelming. It can be frightening. Sickness. All of those things can come against us. But we have power over any of these fears. And we have power over anything else the enemy tries to bring against us through Jesus Christ. He's already taken care of it. He's already taken care of it. But now we just need to walk in that power and that authority that He's given each and every one of us. Father, we just thank You that You have not given us a spirit of fear, God. Lord, right now, over every person that raised their hand, we declare power, love, and a sound mind. God, we pray that they walk in the power that You've given them through the Holy Spirit, God. Lord, that they walk in an understanding and a desire to know even more about Your love for them, God. They're confident and they're secure in Your love how great it is God and Lord we just come against any distorted thinking that fear would try to bring that calls us to think anything that doesn't line up with your word and with your promises God I just pray that we would see it for what it is God and that we would just walk in your faithfulness and walk in your courage God In everything we face we tear down fear this morning we tear down anxiety God Lord, we don't want to be, uh, operate uh, under the fear of man, but we want to operate in the boldness of your Spirit so that we can do amazing things for the kingdom of God and see Jesus get the glory. So God, I just pray for every person today, God, that's battling fear, Lord, that you would comfort their hearts, Holy Spirit, that you would just come upon them and, God, you would take it away. And, Lord, that they would make the right decisions to step into your faithfulness and step away from fear. God, we give you all the honor and we give you all the glory. Father, again, we thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing through this body of believers, God. And we just pray that for each and every one, every family to be blessed that's represented here today. Lord, as they continue to go after you with their whole heart. We just give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at SaponaRoadChurch.com. If you're local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 AM Sunday mornings and seven o'clock PM Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.